Hey everyone, welcome to Past Lives and the Divine. I am Gina, the host of this podcast, where we talk about, or I talk about, the connection with past lives and the divine, the divine out there, up there, inside each and every one of us. And we do that for healing, reaching our full potential maybe, and uh, maybe mostly for a little bit of entertainment. Let's be honest. In today's episode, episode number eight, I'm taking listener questions and giving you the answers because if someone has this question, then there's probably a few people who have this question or maybe you didn't even know you had the question until you hear the question. Even better, right? So you're really gonna enjoy this episode. If you've ever wondered why your parents or your kids are so inflammatory, why do they just strum your chords so deeply? Or maybe you've heard about two people having the same past life experience. What's that about? What's the explanation? How is that possible? Maybe you're wondering about how to release that feeling like you're always being judged. What would these people think if I did this or did that? Um, or maybe you're a people pleaser and that's kind of wrapped up in your judgment. We talk about that or I talk about that, me and a little turd in my pocket. <laughs> and then um, how to unravel that stuff. I also talk about why I do not do smoking cessation or weight loss hypnosis. I feel pretty passionately about it. So I'll get into why I do not do those things, but how I do hypnotic suggestions and kind of like reprogramming your subconscious mind for a better way of living, an easier way of living uh, to help you, help me, help us release like this emotional baggage. So how I work that stuff into my sessions and then also how you can do it at home. I have recordings that you can do at home, super low barrier to entry, uh, really easy to do. And I'm giving away the stress relief recording. So if you got a little bit of stress in your life and you'd like to ease it a little bit, come more into your feelings of a little more inner peace and self-acceptance, this would be a good recording for you. And you can have it for free because I love this energy exchange of you listening, me talking, and I love it when people respond and say, hey, this is my question. Hey, this is what I thought about that. Hey, this is my experience. Hey, I like it. I'm, I love hearing that stuff. So with that in mind, if you sign up on my email list, I will let you know how you can get that free at home stress relief hypnosis recording. And that's something that you can listen to anytime. You can lay down or sit down and shut your eyes i.e. not while you're driving and or cooking <laughs> and or you can do it right before you go to bed and it all works the same. So if you listen to it while you drift off to sleep, that's my favorite way to do it because I'm drifting off to sleep anyways. Might as well listen to something that helps to change my mind. So if you go to past lives and the divine slash subscribe, you can enter your email address and get that code and that is good and valid until after uh, the last day is October 31st of 2019. So if you're listening to this after that date, still go get on that email list because this isn't the last time I'm gonna do this sort of exchange because I just love doing this podcast and I love hearing what y'all think about it. So um, head over there and I'll let you know how you can get your free recording. All right, let's get into it. Listener questions, gather around the fire, here we go. Okay, hitting that first question that we're gonna go over of kind of the frequently asked questions. 
And that question is, how many sessions do I need? And this could go a number of different ways. So what I'll first do is I'll tell you how I do it personally as the client. So for me, past life regression was the thing that helped me heal the most. But when I say heal, I feel like, I don't know, that's a word that doesn't cover a lot of weight or it's not very descriptive. So when I say heal, I mean it is the thing that has helped me know myself know my soul, know the programming, the programming that has been put on me by parents, family, culture, this grind culture, you know, things that I'm supposed to do at this age as this kind of person. And it's really been past life regression and and via that and connecting with my guides has really been so profound and helpful because it helps me kind of determine like, who am I? What is mine? And what is other people's that I can let go of? And um, that was really important for me because growing up the way I did and just the habits that I created because I felt like I had to create them were very much like, the chameleon thing, like I'm going to go show up in a room and um, be whoever these people need me to be. And, and that is also a way some people growing up like that become an empath, right? Like, I don't know if these are my emotions or other people's emotions, right? Like, if my partner Alex is mad about something, that doesn't mean I have to be mad about something. Simple things like that, that maybe a whole healthy person might be like, yeah, duh, Gina, um, might think of. And then, but when I was like, oh, I don't have to be angry. Those are your emotions, not mine. So oddly enough, for me, a big part of my healing process, a big part of my purpose slash journey slash lessons and growth of this round on earth as Gina in this earth suit right now is to really get to know myself. And in getting to know myself, I see the things that are beautiful and amazing and wonderful. And if I can see that in myself, that has helped me see that in other people, people I know and love, people I know and love that drive me fucking nuts. <laughs> and, and even strangers, strangers that I have no feelings about, strangers that are driving me nuts. Like seeing that within myself helps me see it in other people. And when I say see it in other people, I mean naturally see it in other people, right? Like I'm not having road rage, counting to 10, being like, they're their own person with their own problems. It's just like rewired my operating system, my subconscious mind to be like, you know what? I don't know why they just cut me off, but whatever they're dealing with, whatever they're late for, I'm glad I'm not late. I'm glad I'm not <laughs> feeling frantic in their shoes. And it's just this automatic letting go. It's not, I'm going to catch myself and then consciously talk my way through it. So for me personally, <laughs> kind of went off on a tangent there, but the way I do it, I choose past life regression because like I said, it's been the most healing, the most... Um, effective, the most profound, the most impactful way for me to get to the root of my issues and for me to feel good, feel better. So the way I did it was I had seen therapists and I've gotten energy healings and I've seen psychics and I've um, 
I don't know. I've done a lot of stuff. I've done a lot of like weird stuff. But the thing that really stuck with me was like hypnosis. I started going to hypnosis for my anxiety probably um, maybe like seven or eight years ago. I don't remember now. But I started going for my anxiety because my anxiety was really caused by a lot of like ruminating thoughts, um, self-hatred, and I was continuously weaponizing everything in my life against myself. And nothing was ever good enough. It didn't matter if I reached a goal. If I reached a goal, then that wasn't good enough because of whatever. Like I should have been farther. I should have reached that goal sooner, whatever. And for me, past life regression, or when I was doing the hypnosis, I uncovered a lot. Like I used to have I still do get pretty bad nightmares, but they're rare. But I used to get kind of the same general reoccurring theme nightmares. And I used to get them like a lot, a lot to the point that anyone who had ever slept in the same room with me, anyone who had ever shared a bed with me would be like, or if I had shared what my nightmares were, they would be like, that is so fucked up. Like, I would always have nightmares that I was being kidnapped, stabbed, shot at, chased. Um, I mean, just really violent, traumatic, and they felt real. So as you can imagine, that is disruptive, not only to your sleep, but your sanity. And so with work with a hypnotist, we weren't doing past life or anything like that. We were just doing emotional healing with hypnosis, um, being able to get a little bit deeper, again, moving that conscious mind to the side, accessing those subconscious memories. And was and I was really able to um, release some of these things on a deeper level. Not like logically, oh, I know why I shouldn't feel that way, but like generally release them as things are easily dropped, rewritten with the subconscious mind. So it becomes a natural way of being as opposed to something you're like, white knuckle hanging on to, or I got to count myself through this. I need to take 10 deep breaths. And with that, I uncovered a lot and I did a lot with that hypnotist. And, um, and I would, and she was actually like an hour and a half, two hour drive from me. I don't remember why I chose her, but, um, it would be like a whole day event to go see her because I'd have to drive. And because I was driving so long, we would do like elongated sessions, just because I had a long drive and then I would drive home. And I worked with her, I don't know how many sessions I had with her, but I kind of worked with her on and off for maybe like a year, year and a half. And then I started feeling like, you know, some of this stuff just, I just had this inner knowing, like, I want to go a little bit deeper. Like I had heard of past life regression and and there was like this element of, I think some of my stuff is deeper than, than this one life as Gina. And I was really interested in just kind of like the entertainment factor of past life regression, which I still to this day think is so cool and so fun. Because if you're trying to like heal your shit, why not have a little fun too? So that's how I think of it. Um, and so then I just like kind of, took a break from the hypnosis and went about my daily life. And then I started to see, because I was already in the practice of like what I'll call healing, of like being mindful of who I was, being mindful of the emotions I feel. And not that I didn't ever want to feel a negative emotion. That's just not the human experience. And negative emotions can definitely have a positive benefit in our life. But for me personally, when I would 
feel a negative emotion over and over and over and I would like ruminate on thoughts that would cause a negative emotion over and over and over. And I started to be able to kind of separate myself from my thoughts and see the issues around me and to be like, you know what? I don't need that thought that's causing this emotion that then's causing me to do other things. And so I had been in that practice for a while. So hypnosis kind of, you know, accentuated it, broadened it, made me go deeper in that. And then uh, eventually after I did that emotional healing hypnosis for stuff in this life as Gina, I had this inner knowing again, like I said, I had this inner knowing that there's some past life stuff. I'm interested in that. I believe in reincarnation on some level. I'm still forming my thoughts around it. I mean, shit, I'm still forming my thoughts around that stuff today. I'm totally open. Uh, The more I think I know, the more I understand that none of us really know. (laughs) We just don't have the human language or the human brain ability to totally grasp like the infinite power and animation around us. So knowing that I kind of came up with like, oh, I have this reoccurring theme. And as I explained in episode two of this podcast, I, I noticed like, oh, I have this fear of what I thought was a fear of commitment. And so I was like, I'm going to take that and go to a past life regression, see what I can get from there. So I did that and I had great results. Uh, go listen to episode two of this podcast, my first past life experience, I think is the title of it, if you want to hear more about that. But my point is, is like, for me, I had such healing and it was so fun to do and like fun to talk about that I got the healing and then continued to just always be mindful, be mindful of like the things that I feel are serving me, being mindful of the things that I feel like are tearing me down and being mindful and then kind of letting an issue come to the surface and show itself and show itself again and show itself again enough to the point where it's like, you know what? I think I got something here. I'm going to go do some more healing. And for me, that choice in healing was always past life regression. And it has been for the last, um, I don't know, five, five and a half years or five years. And so, um, so that is my point of like, when someone's asking me how many sessions they need, an issue might need more than one session. An issue might get done in one session. An issue might have a layer kind of peeled off of it. And you can see like, oh, I'm going to actually attack this, you know, feelings of not good enough from a different angle. Can I see a life that shows me a time or helps me understand why I cannot relax? Why I always feel like I have to go, go, go. Why I feel guilty when I take a day off. Why I would never take a nap because that is like... Oh, so lazy, right? So if you take an issue like, I feel like I'm never good enough, it can show up in in many ways, like how defensive we are around other people or the risks we refuse to take or the change in job or change in home or, again, the inability to slow down and like take an afternoon off without feeling like you're worthless because you don't have your productivity to attach yourself to. And it's all a root issue of I don't feel good enough, but it shows itself in different ways. And only you know when you're ready for that healing. And you, and the first step is really just like being mindful of the thoughts that you have and know that they 
that you are separate from those thoughts, which seems maybe like a weird thing. Maybe you've never thought of that before. But to me, that was like the gateway, like, oh, these thoughts in my head, like these ideas, these thought patterns aren't me. They're not automatically true. Like I can question them and I can change them and I can feel differently. So for me, that's how I do it. It's like I get some healing. I feel good. And then if it doesn't totally go away or if it changes or if a new issue pops up, that's when I go get some more healing. And for me at this point in my life, it's all about that past life regression or doing an angel uh, spirit guide connection session where I can just kind of like commune with my, my guides for answers or support or just if I'm feeling super alone or like totally misunderstood, that to me has been, has been the tool of choice. So when someone says, how often do I need to come back? It's not, it's not necessarily that for every issue, I believe everyone needs past life regression. Absolutely not. There's going to be plenty of people who never do it, which is totally fine. There's going to people be people who do it once, get some healing, and then find something else that has a flavor that they like. Like maybe they try kundalini yoga and that's the ticket. Maybe for them, they do talk therapy and that's perfect. Or maybe they do Reiki or any other energy sort of healing or transcendental meditation. Or, you know, I think the point is, is not necessarily how often can I get you to come back and be my client, but it's more about like, you being in touch with what you need and advocating for yourself on that level and then going with what feels good to you. And so you're maybe you're like super new to all these kind of like spiritual healing arts maybe and and you're like, well, this is the only thing I know of. Then go for it and and do hypnosis or do past life regression or do a life between lives session. If that feels good to you, then go with it. But really only you know, and it's not up to me or anyone else to say, you're gonna need three sessions to get through this. They don't know, you don't know, that's that. Okay, so that's that's the main thing I wanna hit home is like, it's not up to me to tell you how many sessions you need. Um, that is up to you to decide, I need some healing around this issue and here's where I feel like I can get the most, you know, my inner knowing is telling me to go do this thing, past life regression with Gina or any of their options in the world. And I honestly just want the best for people. And I understand that this is a flavor of healing or entertainment that not everybody's into and that's totally fine and maybe you're like hey I'm good listening to the podcast and that's all I need and I am so happy you're here anyway it does not matter to me also I'm always thankful for my clients of course so that said I will say um certain issues right away like in my experience with clients or friends who have done a lot of healing and getting to know themselves and releasing of their issues and kind of untangling their baggage and my personal journey, there are just some issues that take longer to heal. And longer, I guess, isn't a great descriptor because it doesn't have to take long. Um, But I should say it takes more work. There's more to untangle. There's just more there. And that brings me 
to the second question I'm going to go over. In past podcast episodes and when I'm just like talking to people, um, not only clients, but just friends or um, people I meet who want to know more about this, a lot of times people will bring up like, oh, I have this issue with my parents. And, and it doesn't have to be like your parents are bad people or you're a bad person or that your relationship is awful. But if you're a parent or if you're the child, either way, the parent-child relationship in, it's in my understanding from just what I believe to be true about why we reincarnate, how we reincarnate, and my experience in life, people I know, things I've seen, things I've experienced. That parent-child relationship, whether you're the parent or the child or both in different parts of your life, um, those relationships are... Oh, I'm struggling to think of the word. I don't know. They're very deep, entangled. They're not clear cut. There's usually a big history there. Uh, I believe that the parent-child relationship can be like ground zero for our issues. Like these are the people who are parents, for example. I believe we choose them for specific reasons. So in the life between lives, so in the astral plane. So if you believe in reincarnation, and if you don't, here's the thought that I believe in reincarnation is that before we reincarnate or incarnate onto Earth, we are in a place I'll call the astral plane. I'm not attached to that word. It's the life between lives. It's the astral plane. That's what I call it. Um, and that is a space where after your life, you do a review, a life review, and you go over like, hey, what was the plan for this life? Who were my contracts? How did I do? And you maybe have a guide or a loving, caring, well, healthy <laughs> ancestor maybe who brings you through that. Maybe it's your spirit guide, your guardian angel. And then you move to a space where you can like learn new things as a soul. Or you can just reconnect with your soul group and just like relax and have fun. Or if you had a really traumatic, difficult life on earth... You might move into a space in the astral plane where you are like, just like powered down battery recharging, like soul healing, like deep level. And then you might come out and like learn things. And when it's time to your, when it's time to incarnate onto earth, that's when as a soul, I, we all make the plan. What's this life? What's the point of this life? who are the con what kind of contracts do we have like the point of the life would include like your purpose your uh the lessons you want to learn for soul growth soul evolution like things that you personally me personally us collectively as souls need to work on and then with that kind of lesson plan for the life for lack of a better word uh then we're choosing like what kind of body do i want to have and what kind of parents do I want to have? And who are those parents going to be? And what are they going to teach? And who am I going to choose for a spouse? Am I not going to have a spouse? Am I just going to have good friends? Am I going to be totally isolated? What are my... You're not necessarily planning every little detail because there is such a thing as free will on earth. Um, you can resist every lesson. You can trash every contract that you have with every relationship or every person that is our choice 
Uh, I don't believe, it's my belief that that makes life on earth more difficult. So I'm trying not to do that. And um, so we're choosing all of these things. And with each relationship comes a contract, right? So um, Deepak Chopra wrote a book. I'm totally blanking on the book because I read it so long ago. But it, the one, it was a book about like Jesus. And it wasn't like a historical book. It was kind of like a different spiritual aspect on Jesus's life. And if you're familiar with the Jesus story, he was obviously crucified after being betrayed by Judas, one of his disciples or apostles. Um, and so the thought in this book, I hardly remember the book, but I know Deepak Chopra wrote it. It's about Jesus. And the thing that really stuck out was like after Jesus died. So when Jesus died on the cross, Judas hung himself. So he died too, is the thought. And the thought was like they got to heaven. This is my memory of the book. If you read this book and you're like, that's not my memory of it, let me know because I think that would be funny. But my memory of it is like they got to heaven and Judas was basically like, yo, high five. Whew, that was really hard. And the point was, or the point I took from that story was like, we here on earth look at Judas who betrayed Jesus and then Jesus died um, as like, a, fuck that guy. Why the fuck would he do that? Right? Like, oh. And we maybe think of a friend we had who did something, you know, maybe not ended up getting us killed. But like we think of the times we got betrayed and we get angry. Right. But then it was so cool because like on the other side, Judas was like, that was really fucking hard. Oh, that was hard. And Jesus was like, thank you. My whole existence was so I could die in a certain way that like lit the light in certain people to carry the torch forward. Now, whether you believe that the torch that is currently being carried in Christianity is fucked up or not is your own personal opinion. I am not advocating for either. I have my own opinions. That's not what this story's about. But my point is, is like they got to the other side and it was like, oh, that was maybe a contract those two had where Judas was like, I'm going to hug up on you be your follower, and then I'm the one who has to set you up for the fall because it is your life path to take a fall. So hopefully I didn't lose you there. <laughs> Especially if, you're, if you have like Christianity trauma within you, which I feel like a lot of us do. But anyway, I think of that like when I have people in my life who drive me bananas and I'm like, the only thing I can think of is like, why... Why did I choose these parents? Why did I choose this situation? Why did my soul choose this path? And I can think of like, oh, I chose this path so I can be, you know, really indulge in my independent thinking side while still aiming to create and be a part of a community. Maintaining my independence, my uniqueness while being part of a group. And um, that's just one example. So the parent-child connection, I think that that is ground zero for a lot of our issues because free will is a thing on earth. And when you are born as a child, I mean, I guess you could, but at some point you, you have something with your parents. Maybe they're there to be totally supportive and loving and push you down the right path. 
but a lot of times they're there to like create friction and stress and like discord so we actually rise up and grow like we become better and then we can lead others around us and maybe sometimes you're actually leading your parents maybe you're just leading your own family in a different way when it comes time for you to have children i also think this is such a ground zero um oh what i was going to say so like we have free will on earth but so if you like I chose my parents, I was born, now I'm a person on earth. Like I can't be like free will, I don't want you as my parents. You know, like, I mean, I guess I could at age four be like, yo, peace, I'm out. But it would take a long time for that to happen. And at the end of the day, if you're a kid who's like disconnecting from your parents, you've already got a lot of baggage there, probably. Um, so that's the thing is like we choose our parents for a reason. Sometimes they're there to support and nourish and love totally. And sometimes they are there just pouring gasoline on the spark of our issues that create a dumpster fire that we then as older kids or adults have to, you know, work to manage or put out or rearrange or keep safe. And, um, and a lot of times it's just somewhere in between. I also think the parent-child connection is so strong is because so many people have such a drive to have children. And it's because it's one of the things where when we look at it logically, like logically, run the numbers, like money, um, you know, a lack of sleep, amount of effort, return on investment. If we looked at it logically, most people would be like, if you weren't emotionally drawn to have children, you would be like, yeah, not for me. But I, it's such an emotional pull to have kids. Even you hear of people who are like, I never liked kids, but I want my own kids. You see people where it's like, why are you having your fifth kid? You can't deal with your four kids. But it's like they just have this drive to, to, to um, have this life, right? So I think it's a soul drive. And I think that the parent connection, it's often... You know, I'm open to any point of view on this. I don't claim to know everything, but I also don't ever, I've never seen or dug into a parent-child relationship where, hey, this is your first life together. A lot of times there's a lot of entanglement. Um, I know for me and my mom, we've had at least three lives together. Um, yeah, and this life I'm working on like doing my best to clean up my side of the street so that relationship can continue to grow and I'll say get healthier, even though I think that's, yeah, I guess get healthier, more in alignment, just like a relationship that it's my spiritual mountain, you know, and that's, that's not untrue. And that doesn't, and that can be your spiritual mountain. It doesn't necessarily mean you have a bad relationship with your parents. And I don't remember whose quote this is, but a lot of the a lot of times around the holidays, people will share this quote that's basically like, you think you're so evolved and awake <laughs> and you go home and you're automatically put back to the um, disgruntled, angry 15-year-old you were when you lived at home. And that's because these people are the root of the issue a lot of times. And so in a parent-child relationship, issues that arise from that sometimes stuff like that if it's entwined it's you've had a lot of past lives together that can take a lot of undoing 
The cool thing, I'll say one more thing on this. Uh, the cool part about that is what I really like about past life regression is like, if you take this moment in your life, you're listening to this podcast, right? But you're not listening to this podcast, staring at a blank wall, only thinking of the words that are coming out of my mouth. You're probably driving somewhere, doing something, going on a walk. You're seeing things with your eyeballs, maybe. You're touching things with your hands, maybe, if these are things that are available to you. My point is, is like you have other things coming into your awareness, coming into your senses. Also, you have memories of what happened earlier today, yesterday, what's coming up on the horizon tonight, tomorrow, next week. You are this layered being. This moment is way more than this moment. And so when we go back into a past life scene, you will get more healing than you think, right? So for example, I've shared this before. I don't remember what episode <laughs> or maybe I haven't shared it. I, you know what? I talk so much about this stuff. I don't know who I share with who. So, but my point is like, I, I am an independent person. I've never thought that I would ever get married. Um, I just never thought it was for me. I have plenty of people around me who I like who I love, who are married, and I like both the people in the marriage, and still it's like, that's not for me. I don't want what you have. And it's no, nothing bad. It's just like, you have those kind of shoes. I don't want to wear those shoes. Like, you look great in them. I see it's working for you. That's not what I want. So in walks Alex, my husband, and I just have this drive to like, be committed to him on every level. And it's like, I I like you so much, I, I almost like wish I was you. I want to be more like you. And even when we got married over four years ago, I just started using my last name professionally, like in the last year. And I've had that last name for four years. <laughs> and I could never figure out like why I had this area of friction of like, I want to be with him. I want to be his family. Like it's him. Not necessarily the last name or whoever else has that last name. It's him who I want to be with. But it was like, but I don't want to use his last name. Or I'll use his last name in private. And it wasn't any, it wasn't an issue that was so big that I was like going to go dissected in past life regression. But in different past life regressions, when I'm tackling other things, other lessons come up. And so I would see him. He'd be like on the peripherals or things like that. And it got to a point where it was like, I started to understand our soul connection. And that started to more inform and help me understand emotional reactions I have in this life to him. So from what I've seen, it's now apparent to me, oh, that's why I had such a wrestling match between do I use Gina Schaefer or Gina Seval? What do I do there? Um, and I can see now why that was the case. And I can like let it go, like really let it go. Like it's gone. I don't have that wrestling match anymore. And I can be like, oh, so I'll just pick whatever I want to do right now because there is no wrong path. I can do whatever I want. And so now I'm using Gina Seaball, which feels really good because I understand it. It's not this like little piece of friction where I'm like waffling over it. Again, that's what I mean by like what's so cool about past life regression is like we go in oftentimes with one intention or one goal and other things become illuminated. We understand things. Other things can be dissolved and let go just because one scene in one life 
is never like one dimensional or would it be two dimensional? What's flat? (laughs) I don't know. But it becomes like so rich and layered and we can feel that because we have that earth experience here every single day. And so it's not foreign to us. You feel into that scene and you're feeling all the feelings and all the layers and other things in your life today can become healed from it. And so again, it sounds like I'm really pushing past life regression. I'm not. If that's not your bag, don't do it. But that is why I personally am obsessed with it is because of the amount of healing you get. You go in with one intention and oftentimes you get more of that. So even if I'm not totally making certain relationships or emotional reactions or thought patterns eliminated, they are at least being eased, dissolved, torn apart so I can dissect it and work on something else that'll help me get further, happier, healthier, more in touch with who I am, feel more centered, grounded, inspired, all of that. Whew. Okay. (laughs) That was a long, long answer to two questions. Okay. So the next kind of area I'm going to delve into is I get a lot of people who at the root of like what they're dealing with seems to be this thought of, I'm afraid of what people think of me. Like, well, I can't take a day off because these people are going to think I'm lazy. Or um, if I do the, if I wear this or if I change my hair or people are going to think this or people are going to say this about me or what does it say about me if I want to downsize or what does it say about me if I don't care about this anymore? And there's a lot of um, decision-making based not on what we want but what we think will help us be accepted more by other people. And um, as a facilitator of these sessions, I am not a therapist. I do not try to be a therapist. Uh, I don't even see myself as being in the advice giving realm. I think that um, my work is more about helping people get in contact with themselves so they can give themselves advice or, or intentionally ask for it from people whose opinion they want. People with a life like theirs, people who have some understanding with them, people who are going to give them an answer based in love and wholeness and not um, some subliminal (laughs) intention of manipulation, which we do a lot with people we love, which is okay, maybe. I don't know. That's something we have to look at in ourselves. But for me, I um, grew up really trying to manage what people thought of me for whatever reason. I felt like I needed to do that. There's a few reasons why. And that is, first of all, that is fucking exhausting. It's exhausting trying to manage what people may or may not be thinking about us. First of all, we can't do that. We can't. We have no idea what people are thinking because you know what? They're showing up to an interaction with all of their baggage, their filters, their point of view, their own agenda. And these aren't bad. It's just what it is. And it's true. And so me trying to manage how I want someone to think of me is A, a manipulation and not something I should be doing. And fucking exhausting. And I deserve better than that. And also usually pretty ineffective. 
because if I have succeeded in manipulating them, then I still can't be who I am because I have to keep up this charade, right? Like, it's, it's exhausting on so many levels. So this thought of, like, uh, the way I come at it and the way I very first started coming at this, like, oh, I feel like people are judging me. My first real dabble into, like, really looking into it was when I quit drinking in 20... I can never remember dates. I don't know. 2013 or 2013. I quit drinking. And I don't have a problem with other people drinking... I don't mind being around other people who drink as long as they're not assholes. But that's just kind of like, I don't want to be around assholes. (laughs) It doesn't matter if you're drinking or whatever you're doing. Uh, And I really had to let go of how I thought people were perceiving me as someone who doesn't drink. Uh, And when I got to the heart of that, you know what it was? It was because when I was drinking, I had a problem with people who didn't drink. I would have never said that. It would have felt really weird to say that. And I was super in denial at first. But that was one of the things I wrestled with. And it was like, oh, you think people are judging you for that because you used to judge people for that, Gina. Hmm. Interesting. (laughs) Why are you judging? What are you feeling defensive about? And um, that, so for me, when someone's wrestling with it, I don't, I try not to project my shit onto them, but I say, here was my avenue into looking into it. Like, um, is like, have you judged these people before? And now you're acting like those people and now you have a problem with it. So now you're judging yourself, you know, internalized self-hatred, all, you know, there's 10 different paths that that can take that lead to a life that's exhausting, doesn't feel good leads to making other damaging decisions. So out of this, like, fear of of getting judged, that was my first segue into it, was like, oh, that's because I used to judge these people. Hmm, interesting. But what I've really noticed is, like, you know, um, however long ago it was, 2013, six years ago, uh, what I've really noticed is, like, for me personally, wrapped up in that is, like, people-pleasing, which some people say people-pleasing as an adult was like parent-pleasing as a kid, Uh, you know, going above and beyond parent, you know, parent-pleasing. It's one thing to like follow the rules. It's another thing to have to like button down the hatches (laughs) as like a survival technique. Um, So people-pleasing, and I bring up the parent-pleasing, not to shift blame at all, because I am rounding the corner on 40, and we are all too old to blame our parents for our shit, is, is my thought on that. But if, if that helps you illuminate some issues in your life, that might... When we can kind of understand something, we're able to take more action, is why I say that. Okay, so wrapped up for me in this people-please, or in this judgment, was like my need to keep people happy, people-pleasing. And uh, fear is at the base of that, right? Fear of not being good enough, fear of not being anything enough. And for me, this is something that I have, have been personally working through for years because it's a parent issue for me. And me and my parents' souls are like, you know, all tangled up. <laughs> and I'm doing my best to do like the DNA healing and the spiritual healing. But um, 
so w- what I would say is like around the judgment and being worried about how other per- other people perceive you is like, um, just looking at that of like, okay, is this that I'm judging that person or is this that I'm, I'm uh, trying to please everybody, and you we can't like we just can't please everybody, and uh, anyway, so that's what I want to say about that is like the whole. Uh, this fear that many of us have of like other people are judging us. What will they think if I, oh my God, they would hate it if I, oh my God, they'd be so pissed if I, uh. and because I see a lot of that, I just want to honor the fact that I think a lot of us are dealing with that. And like, just to give you some insights on that. And so a question that I get when that comes up and they're not a client is like, how do I deal with that? Is like, what I think is so cool about past life regression and dealing with like the sense of like people pleasing and, uh, and judging other people, really what we're getting down to the fact of like, we're also dealing with like the ability to have empathy and compassion and connection with other people, empathy, compassion and connection to ourselves. And so past life regression for me and for other people that I've seen has helped with the ability to empathize and feel compassion for other people. So, uh, for example, I had a client who had a difficult relationship with her. Oh, nope. This one was with her father. And um, she was kind of... um, feeling a certain way when he'd come to town and be like, hey, want to get together? And she'd feel like, I should, I have to, I can't be myself, you know. And a lot of us feel that way around our parents, which is totally fine. We can totally move from that. If you want to, you don't have to. And it was really like she was feeling a lot of, I guess, people-pleasing, like wanting to make him happy and comfortable or at least to not be the one to making him uncomfortable, right? But still, it was really uncomfortable for her to, to manage this. And um, anyways, she saw a past life that parallel, where she in that past life was someone who made similar decisions to the decisions her dad made in this life. And with that, she was able to see and feel this man's perspective And thus, when she came out of it, was able to really see and feel and understand her dad's perspective, which helped release some pressure off of her. But then after, as you know, if you've listened to the third episode, Anatomy of a Past Life Regression Session, we go through the past life scenes and then most people hit a death scene. Some people don't. We go off on a tangent. That just means you didn't need it then. It's, there's nothing wrong with it. But you go to the death scene and then after the death scene or after the past life scenes, we go to a space of safe, sacred, spiritual guidance. And that's where we can ask our higher self, our guides, uh, questions. Questions like, why did I see this past life and all of that? Or why is this person so difficult? Or how should I manage this relationship? Or how do I know I'm on the right path? All of that. So um, in that spiritual, so she gained a lot of empathy and compassion and a sense of connection to her father and to herself and her reactions to her father in that past life. And then, and then, and then, and then, her guides 
told her, hey, um, you're trying to like make things perfect with him. And he's made decisions that has like stirred and muddied the waters. And he needs to deal with that. So by you going above and beyond trying to shield him from negative consequences of decisions that he's made, you are not helping him. And that was really beneficial for her because she was like, wow, I just feel way more relaxed and at ease. And when he calls and says he's coming to town, I feel like, huh, can I make it? Yes or no? Is this a big deal? Yes or no? Uh, Is my house a mess? I don't care. And just lets him in. And his emotional reaction is his emotional reaction. And shocker, their relationship has gotten better. It's better from her point of view because she's not like jumping through all these hoops and trying to people please and make him happy when at the end of the day, that's that's not what's making her happy or him happy because it's more than just what we say, right? Like we can feel someone's energy and he's got his own shit and he's got to deal with that. And that really comes to the fact of like the people pleasing side of that is like, Well, so just to wrap that up, like the empathy, the compassion, when we see something from a different point of view can help us release these people-pleasing or fear of judgment tendencies. And also, um, when we get in touch with our soul and our soul's evolution and the lessons that we're trying to execute and learn and ways of being and shedding different layers... When we're doing that, we see how important it is to authentically be ourselves. Make mistakes, apologize, learn, communicate, be yourself, make mistakes, apologize if you need to, make amends, learn, all of it, right? Over and over. That's what it's about. And so if I'm here as a near 40-year-old trying to use my childhood survival techniques, which is people-pleasing, trying to keep everybody happy, manipulate the mood of a room, then I am doing a disservice to myself because I deserve better than that. That's fucking exhausting. And it's not my role and it's not effective. And the people who are in my orbit, in that room, so to speak, need me to be me because that's the contract we have. I'm going to be me. I might make some waves. And then you have an emotional reaction and you can either A, ask me about it, communicate, connect, have some compassion, or B, analyze your emotional response and go, hey, uh, I don't want that. And I can see this is my baggage, so I'm going to go, this is the path I'm going down for healing. So, and that's kind of like how the contracts work too. Like my contract is never going to be fulfilled with my parents if I just show up and be who I think they want me to be. I mean, this is something I'm still struggling with today. Fuck, it's my spiritual mountain, right? So uh, to that point where it's like, but I can see I'm progressing. I'm a lot better than I used to be. Number one, I'm aware of it. I That has not always been the case. Um, so, and that doesn't, it's not only your parents. Sometimes it's like, well, that relationship seems easy, but the difficult relationship is with my partner or with um, my work, whether it's a boss or a coworker, or maybe you keep switching jobs and you keep running into the same shit. Like it could be that too. So it's really just like 
we are part of these contracts is we show up as our authentic self. So when we're worried about being judged and worried about all of that, which is perfectly normal and you're not failing if you feel that way and we'll probably always feel that way on some level. It's just whether A, I think a step is like in the right direction is I'm aware of it. And then B is like, I'm doing something about it. And C is like, oh, look, it's not my automatic fault. Uh, It's not my automatic thoughts. And step D is like, oh, it's not informing every decision I make, right? Like there are steps on the path. And even though it seems like I'm not healed, this was a small step. If you've taken that step and you're mindful, it's like, it feels so fucking good. feels so good. So that is... That's my disheveled, hopefully not too advicey uh, response to questions I get or issues that people bring up where they're like afraid of what other people are going to think of them. It's like, we got to be our authentic self and we can use past life regression to kind of undo, understand those people pleasing techniques and to learn, you know, empathy, compassion and connection with other people and ourselves. And that'll help us let that shit go. Like, for real, let it go. Not like, oh, I got to prepare for this meeting. But like, you show up, you're yourself. You don't even have those emotions anymore. Or you have those emotions, but they are not overwhelming. They're not flooding you. They're not um, informing all of your comments or your decisions or your actions. Okay. Moving on. A question that I get is, what do you think about two or more people experiencing the same past life independently? So I've never had this, but I've read this, read about this. I think Brian Weiss or Michael Newton talks about this in one of their books. Like they were running a workshop and had this happen where two people experienced the same past life. And you hear people like, oh, I've been Joan of Arc. You know, maybe there's like hundreds of people on the planet who have had a past life regression or maybe not that many. Uh, but more than one person who's been like, hey, I was Joan of Arc in a past life. Hey, I was, you know, insert Cleopatra or whoever in a past life. And there's a few different options for thoughts here that I'll give you. And you can take whatever flavor you like. You can put your own spin on it. If you have an idea on this, I'd love to hear it. And I'll tell you kind of where my belief systems at. So if you think about a past life, past life regression, experiencing a past life, a thought of reincarnation, there are a number of different reasons or thoughts or beliefs as to what this phenomena is. And I personally boil it down in my mind to three different things, right? So Uh, A past life regression or a past life experience is truly a past life, right? You're digging into your subconscious mind. You're accessing your soul memories. And that is your past life. Okay, that's one option. Another option is you are digging into the collective consciousness. You are accessing your subconscious mind is like a fucking antenna. And your soul is like reaching up, digging around in the, whether you call it the Akashic Records, the Hall of Knowledge, collective consciousness, this thought that like, uh, like in between us and say the astral plane, oh God, I'm really getting into the way my mind organizes this, is like this layer of collective consciousness. It's like where ideas come from. It's where stored memories are. It's just like a big, think of it as like a big grand library that holds all the knowledge that ever was, is, or will be. 
in the thought of a past life regression, some people believe, yeah, it might be your past life. It might be someone else's past life. So the thought is, is that when you schedule that session, your guides are like, what are we going to work on? What's next? What does she want to learn? What does he want to learn? What's he ready for? What's she ready for? Then um, you go into trance and in the trance state, your mind is open enough to your soul, to the collective consciousness, to be able to make a connection to a past life that will serve your goals and intentions for the session and serve you where you are in your life right now on this conscious evolution of your soul. So that's that's one idea of what past life regression is. And then like the most, um, on the other side of the spectrum I'll say, is like, this is all pure imagination. We only have one life. And what you are experiencing when you go into a quote, past life regression is simply a story made up by your subconscious mind for your healing. Okay, so I will say uh, that last one that I just said, that far end of the spectrum where it's like, this is nothing, you have one life. This is all a memory from, this is just like made up from your subconscious mind. if that feels good to you, take that. For me personally, that is not what I see happening. That's not what I feel happening when I'm in the chair or when I'm facilitating. That is not how I feel. Uh, I just don't believe my human mind is that creative, insightful, articulate enough to make up some of these stories. So in my mind, it's more like it. I lean towards... It really feels like these are my memories. Like that's how they come into my mind. It's like a memory. Uh, Some of them come a little bit easier than others. So I'm not against and I'm open to the idea of like, or are we going into the collective consciousness, not just the memory of our personal soul and accessing other um, soul experiences that will help us today. So it's like what our guides show us essentially what our higher self wants to show us in that session. With those three in mind, um, with all of those, the, hey, two people were Joan of Arc, or hey, two people were, you know, insert influential person in the in the history, uh, then I believe it is possible if you're digging around in the Akashic Records or the collective consciousness, you can find a memory that is maybe... Uh, shared with someone else for sure Uh, I'm not against that at all I don't know I haven't had enough experience with it but I'm open to it and I don't need to scientifically explain it with earthly science tools to to have it make sense or feel good in my brain just like I think science is great but it's pretty limited to the tools they're using to study and the ideas and theories that they're following to prove what they're studying Um, And so, for example, before there was a microscope, the thought was, if I can't see it, it doesn't exist. There is only life that I can see. And then someone invents a microscope and they're like, holy shit, look at all this stuff that we couldn't see before. So I think that's the limitation of science. I don't wait for science to confirm a belief that I may or may not have. So the thought of two people experiencing the same past life independently, I believe they're like digging around in the collective consciousness and being shown something that 
that is beneficial for their healing, for their growth, for their release of like emotional stuff that they're having a hard time letting go of, for calling back of certain parts of their soul. And um, that's my personal belief. Uh, there's another thought too, like this seems out there for me, but if it's not out there for you, that's awesome. Uh, for me, I have a harder time wrapping my mind around it at this point in time. I'm sure that'll change because I'm always learning. But like, there's also this thought of like, we exist in more than one dimension, parallel lives, for example. And so every decision you make, right? Like say you can look back on your life and see these big decisions that had a big impact on your life, right? Like, um, like for me, going to past life regression was a big shift for me. Like, what if I wouldn't have done that? Who would I be today? What would I be doing? Uh, who would I be if I never stopped drinking? My life wasn't insanely different, but my spiritual evolution, my emotional growth, a lot of that happened after I quit drinking. Like a lot of, I had some before I quit drinking, but for me personally, that was a real block for me. It was a tool I was using where when I set down that tool, I gained, I had the ability to like really dive in and like dissect my shit and gain some skills and learn some things and let go of some things. And so we can look back on our life and like even maybe like the partner you, if you're married or in a long-term partnership with someone, like what if you wouldn't have said yes to that? What if uh, old things would have gotten in the way and you would have sabotaged it? Or maybe that person would have sabotaged it. Like, who would you be like at these big decision points in your life? Like when you chose a certain path for your career or a different path, or maybe you made a big jump. So the thought is, is like for every decision you made, you took one path. And for every decision you made in a different way or didn't make, there's like this other path, right? This parallel life, Gina this parallel life Gina that like went to college in a different country and I don't know, lives on a beach somewhere. <laughs> and um, intuitively where I'm at right now, that doesn't jive with me. It's I'm not against it. It's just not something I think of. It's not part of my intentional kind of framework in my mind of how things work, but that's also an option. If And if that's the case, then you definitely could do like, well, maybe there was a split, parallel lives, and two people are experiencing a memory from each one of them. I don't know if that makes any sense. I can't speak to that super close just because it's not something that I feel called to. It's, I'm not naturally interested in it, and I'm naturally interested in a lot of things that take up my time. But So that is my long, drawn-out answer of I do think it's possible for people to experience the same past life. And in my opinion, it's because they're accessing um, memories in the collective consciousness to serve them in their past life regression session today and not necessarily their own soul's history. It's kind of like they're taking a page out of a different book for their learning and their healing. And I'm not opposed to that. All right, the next question is around like hypnosis, that is not past life regression or life between lives or spirit guide connection. And it's like the hypnosis around um, like smoking cessation, weight loss, biting your fingernails, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, and the question I get from people is like, do you do it? Can I send my mom to you? Can I send my friend to you? That sort of thing. And 
I don't do it. I can do it. I do it a little bit. But here's what I think about smoking and weight loss. Uh, After working in the wellness industry for, I don't know, 15 years, I see... Okay, here's what I'll say. I don't believe, I do not feel, I do not want to be in the business of giving advice. If someone's dealing with something and they're like, I don't know, what would you do? I'll share it. If someone's going through something and I've been there and I feel like I found a way out, I'll say, do you want, do you want to hear what I think? Yes. But I don't feel it is my place to automatically give advice or to automatically think people want my advice. Because the work I do is more about like empowering you, empowering the people that I come into contact with of like, you are so much more powerful than you know. Like get to know yourself, really get to know yourself, peel back the layers. And you don't have to do that on your own. You can, and you should give it a try. There's a lot of work you can do it on your own, or you can like be with a facilitator or a coach or someone who you really know, like, and trust someone who's going to empower you not just make you dependent on them. So that's the space I'm in right now. That's at the heart of my work. That's what I believe. I believe that we have an inner knowing of what we need. And my job as a facilitator is to help you awaken that. And I have my ways to do that. And it's not that I'm magic. It's just that, I don't know, that's my training. I feel like that's my gift. It's your power. So In the terms of smoking cessation and weight loss, I think that diet culture and this thought of if you're skinny, you're healthy, or even this thought of if you're healthy, you're better, if you're healthy, you're winning, if you're healthy, your life's better. Uh, I don't believe that that's a reality that we should inflict on other people. Uh, And after being in the wellness industry for 15 years, I just don't really buy it. Like... I don't believe that health equals happiness. Now for me personally, when I feel stiff, old, like I haven't moved my body, like I haven't breathed deep, I don't like that feeling. And for me personally, I feel like I am not my best self when I'm not feeling that way. I like to feel limber and young and move. Okay, that's my personality. I have met over my over a decade working with people one-on-one, coaching groups of people, working with organizations. I have met people who are like, yo, I would rather have Coke and Doritos and a cheeseburger for lunch than like that gives me happiness. Who am I to judge your life's experience? And what I do know is that we all pick our body. We all pick a path and there's free will. And so I have no business looking at someone who I do not know. I am not in their life. I am not in their brain. I am not in their head. Like I, I have no right to tell you how you should look. Also, this thin white model that it seems like diet culture is pushing us to all go toward. Not all of us could get there. Not all of us could get there. Like, I've had cellulite since I was 13. Like, I, not all of us can get to this smooth, lifted body. It's just not in the cards. And I do not think we should tie our self-worth to that or to our health. Because even when you do, quote, everything right, you can still get sick. And 
if you're hinging your entire self-worth, you are so much more than that. So much more than that. Live life in a way that feels good to you and open it up. And the same with smoking. Like for me personally, I don't want to make out with a smoker. I don't necessarily want you smoking in my home, but if you like it and you like the way it feels and tastes and smells, knock yourself out. Like I am not in the business of judging you. I'm not in the business to tell you what you need to do. That's for you to figure out. Because I feel unbelievably passionately about that, and this is coming from being in the wellness industry, okay? So like I've talked with a lot of people, thousands of people, where they are choosing a different route. What I will say is the judgment and the discrimination and the silent um, put-downs and, and frankly not having them feel included, having them feel isolated because of smoking or the way they look or how much they weigh, that I see more damage in that to those people than than the actual smoking or the eating or the not moving your body. Like on a soul level, that is crushing to feel that every day. And I would have conversations with smokers who would just be like, they don't care about me. Like, They just see me as a big problem. And I would encounter that all the time. And I would encounter companies who would treat smokers like it was okay to discriminate against them. And I just don't believe it. Like you can say, hey, don't smoke here, but you can't say, hey, don't smoke anywhere, not even your car and you know, whatever. I mean, I'm not trying to get into, I don't feel so passionately about it. If you were to email me about your thoughts on smoking, like. Also, I love, I love, I have compassion. You have your own opinions. I don't want to know anyone's opinion on this. Like, these are my opinions. This is what I saw after 15 years. This is why I got out of it. So because of that, even though I can do hypnosis like that, I'm trained in it. I have the ability to do it. Like smoking cessation and weight release. Nope. I don't touch that. I don't feel passionately about it. And I believe that if it's something you really want to change within you and you have weight that you want to lose, you want to change your body in some way, or you want to quit smoking, I believe that you can find someone who will help you do that. Also, I think those issues are deeper than that. It's deeper than just the cigarette. It's deeper than never working out or having the time to do it. It's deeper than to why you choose certain foods or other foods. It's deeper than that. And even in my hypnosis training on that, it was like, if they can't do it in six sessions, it's time to like dig into the big guns. Self-worth, self-love, compassion, empathy, anxiety, stress. <laughs> like it, it's deeper than that. So like why not show up and just like really get deeper? And I think that when we get more in alignment with our authentic self and we shed those layers and those baggage, I think a lot of times those habits that are... That are um, not helping us maybe or habits that we want to go will just like fall by the wayside or if they don't naturally fall by the wayside we will really feel called to like work on that specific issue through the lens of like maybe a a deeper issue and then it'll go away so I just I think it's a symptom not a root issue which also is why I got the fuck out of the wellness industry because it does more harm than good in my opinion And I love you, but please do not email me your opinion on that. Thank you. Okay. Also, um, 
yeah, it's just, it's a bigger issue than that. But what I will say about that kind of hypnosis, like getting you relaxed, kind of moving your conscious mind to the side, opening up your subconscious mind for suggestions. I already do that in my past life regression session. So people come in with an intention. We go through the past life scenes, the death scene. We go to the space of spiritual guidance. And through all of that, they're getting insights and information and points of view and guidance and support in different ways. All of that based on, oh, these were their goals. These are kind of their questions that they wanted to ask. It's pretty clear, like, what kind of hypnotic suggestions might be helpful for them, right? So um, maybe someone came in and they're, uh, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of a specific example. And I just had like three recent clients like rush into my head. I can't think. Get out. <laughs> um, uh, okay, like say someone is like trying to um, figure out like, their career path, right? We're con all of us are bombarded for the most part, it seems like, especially if you're on the internet a lot, about like, find your purpose and your passion and then make that your full-time job, which, uh, shocker, I don't believe that we should all be doing that. I just don't. I mean, I think that a surefire way to ruin something you love is to like, <laughs> start trying to make a living off of it, right? So, I mean, not right. You don't have to agree with me. I don't, I don't mean to make that a blanket absolute statement, but I think that uh, if we're not trying to do that, I think a lot of people feel guilty or feel like they're missing out or they're not, quote, on the right path because their job is not like their sole gifts or their, what they're really passionate about. So I come at it like a few different ways. Like I don't think, I think that, first of all, I will say your path and your purpose, you are on your path. Like, you cannot get off your path. Your path is this path, this life on earth. And while we do have contracts with people and some lessons that we want to learn, there is such a thing as free will. So I don't think that the universe, God, source, creator, goddess, I don't think that he, she, they is thinking, hey, uh, you said you were going to be a therapist and now you're a lawyer like what the fuck get on the right path that's not what it is it's like we have soul gifts and we can use that anywhere anytime with anyone it might be easier to do it certain ways but we can do it whenever we want and so with that know that so for example with that it's like Knowing that in your mind is different than like knowing it on a soul level in your subconscious mind and it's the way you operate. And so, for example, if you're someone who's like a lawyer and you feel like you should be doing something else. So I would, you know, maybe it was like a lawyer shows up, has a past life regression being like, I just feel like there's more. I'm on the wrong path. All of this. Right. Well, you can get some soul guidance that's like, well, actually, you know what your gifts are. Most of us at least have an inkling of what part of our gifts are. And it's like the more we use those, the more illuminating other ways we can use it, the more illuminating other gifts that we have and more ways to use more gifts that we have. And so sometimes it's just like use your gifts no matter where you are. 
And then from there, you might get a different job. You might not. You might just start feeling differently about your job because you're acting differently and you're being differently in your job. People are reacting to you differently. Then you're getting different clients or different types of work. And maybe that results in a new job or maybe it just results in you liking your job more and that job giving you money so you can do some other things that you enjoy doing with your soul, like art or yoga or teaching yoga, going to yoga, teaching art, taking art classes, chanting, whatever you want to do, um, work in the land. These things don't have to be your main income. And to monetize it, our souls are not designed or ready for capitalism. It's just not how our soul operates. And I think that that's why a lot of times we feel this like friction between that. Um, well, am I doing it just for the money? Yeah, I mean, you might be. And that's okay. Probably most of the people that you work with are too. I mean, there's no, that's not, as long as ethically, it's not going against what you believe in your morals, your ethics, your values, what you want other people to do, then is that so bad that you're working for the money? That's the culture we live in. Work for the money and feed your soul a different way. Feed your soul by using your gifts while you're at work. Um, feed your soul by shining your light, sharing your light and your gifts with people who you care about at work, at home, with your friends, in the world. Um, yeah, okay, so, <laughs> man, that was kind of a tangent, but hopefully you're still with me. Uh, so with that, in that sort of situation, then, then that's what I would give like a hypnotic suggestion of like, say their gift was like making people laugh. It's like, well, you don't have to quit your lawyer job and be a stand-up comedian. You can do that all day at work. Like, you can do that with your work friends. You could do that on social media. You could do that with your family. You could do that with yourself. Like, you probably think yourself is pretty funny. Like, and the more you engage with that gift of humor or whatever your gift is, the more opportunities will come for you to do more of that. Or other opportunities will show up where you start to see you have other gifts in addition to that. And maybe you can use them together. So if that was the blatant scenes, so for example, if that was the situation, then I would give hypnotic suggestions before we came back to the present moment and out of the trance state, hypnotic suggestions for courage to continue that, for um, to see that every day it's easier and easier to use your gifts. Every day it's easier to see situations in which you are appreciated for your gifts. Every day it's easier and easier for you to illuminate other gifts and use your gifts in more ways that fill you up and make you feel more whole and satisfied and content and grateful and inspired. So even though I'm not rolling up doing a weight loss hypnosis session, there are benefits to doing emotional healing or emotional kind of programming is a gross word, but I'll say that like basically rewriting your operating system by planting those hypnotic suggestions right into your subconscious mind. And we can do that in a past life regression session while uncovering and even healing or bringing understanding to things that have been holding you back. So it's kind of like, it's more than just the suggestion. It's like the suggestion and some healing and some release or maybe some soul retrieval, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, and that can be very, very helpful. So while I don't focus on things like, 
smoking cessation or weight loss, I do have like the most, um, I guess, symptomy one I have is like nail biting because for me, that was like, I don't know. It, it, sometimes I would deal with it. Sometimes I wouldn't. Um, but even just writing that one up and doing it a few times has really like, if my nail biting before was a hundred on a scale of 100 for me, it's now like a 10 or a five, which I'm fine with. Like I've got bigger fish to fry in terms of issues. So I'm happy with that. Um, and then I've also done like a fear release one on my own where I was having a lot of fear around leaving. We have a, a puppy and the first time we left her, I was having a lot of fear around it. And that fear was like resulting in some back pain, which is a lot longer story. And I did some um, hypnosis for that on myself, which was pretty cool. Um, and that, so if we have like specific things where it's like, you know what, I'm just going to, Sometimes it's kind of nice to have a recording that you can just like do at home quick and see if you can peel, peel back some layers, learn some things about yourself, release some things. And then if things come up that you can't heal on your own, then like that's a good time to like either go in for some hypnosis, past life regression, or go to therapy or go to a healing, a different energetic healing session or whatever it is that you feel called to do, but to heal that. So uh, that those are my thoughts on like smoking cessation, weight release, and other kind of symptomy, hypnotic suggestion stuff. But kind of a lot wrapped up, <laughs> wrapped up in that one. Okay, so speaking of which, um, if you're interested in this, also a question I get is like, I've had a lot of people say, "Oh, I'm interested," but then they never pull the trigger, which is totally fine. I'm also not in the business of like hey, you said you were going to schedule a session. Like, I really believe that, like, when it's your time, you will get a sign and you will know it's a sign and you will come to a session with me or with someone else or do something else, right? So I don't, I don't feel any fear around that. But I do look at those people and think, like, what would have helped me and what skills do I have? And so on my website, I have, if you go to calminghypnosis.com and click on the shop, I have some at-home hypnosis stuff that you could play around with, right? So I have um, divine connection, like one where you can kind of try to connect with your higher self, your spirit guides. I have one about nail biting, like I said, stress relief, self-acceptance, if you're someone who uh, has a history of like a lot of negative self-talk. And these are like low barrier to entry ways that you can like slowly add it into your life and on your own kind of peel back those layers. So like I said, at the top of this program, <laughs> this episode, uh, I'm doing actually a, a little giveaway for that. So a little bit of an energy exchange, which doesn't include money. So if you or someone else you know wants this kind of healing, but maybe doesn't have a lot of extra funds to use, or even if you do have the funds and you want to do a different kind of energy exchange, make sure you're on my email list. So if you go to pastlivesandthedivine.com slash subscribe, enter your email, and then I will let you know how to get this discount code that you can use to get a free um, self-hypnosis. So here's what we're going to do. Go get on that email list, and once you're on that email list, you'll get an email describing the energy exchange, how to do it. No money, just like a teeny bit of time. I'm going to ask you to get a, re a review on this podcast, and then I'll give you a free 
um, stress relief hypnosis, which is kind of nice. Stress is like catch-all. And I'm feeling called to do stress because I'm seeing a lot on Instagram. It is October of 2019. And there's a lot of like, hey, three months left of the decade. What are you going to do? And it's like, enough. That Like, can you just not? Like, stop with the pressure. That's enough. You know what? Three months left of the decade? Who cares? <laughs> like, we are playing the long game, not the short game. Like, enough with the pressure. It's just like nonstop. I don't know if anyone else feels that, but like, especially as me, I've been on a journey for almost three solid years of like, slow down, stop grinding. Like, it does not, your productivity is not your worth. You can be productive if it feels good. If you're in a time in your life where you are just like, you know what? I'm out of the cocoon. I'm hitting the road running. This feels really good. Then do it. But if you're someone who's like, all I do is grind. I've been grinding my whole life. It's always productivity. Go, 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 go. I, it's something that I've struggled with. And because all this messaging of like, go, 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 make the most of it. Three months left to the decade. Oh my God, who cares? And has this ever been a thing before? Ugh, I was get so annoyed when I see that. Um, also, I've unfollowed a couple people because I saw it and I was like, no, like this is not a culture you need to be promoting. Like we do, this is harmful to people. Ugh. Anyway, because of that, my antidote to that is to uh, offer a free at-home hypnosis recording on stress relief. And so even if you're at a time in your life where you were like, hey, I was in the cocoon, taking it easy, and now I'm hitting the road and I'm feeling good about it, like it's in alignment, it's not lack or uh, not good enough driven, uh, it's healthy, Then and it feels good to you, truly feels good to you, you're not tying your worth to it, you're just working your magic. Even if that's the case, we still have like stress and things that we want to let go of. And just so we can recenter to a space of like inner peace. So again, go get on the email list and I will send you the directions and a code, how to get that code to get that free download. Now that free download is going to be good until Halloween, October 31st. I just, it's my favorite time of year. It's my birthday month. It is fall is one of my favorite seasons. I mean, they're all kind of my favorite, but fall might be my favorite. And it's kind of the kickoff to the holiday season. It's just such a good time of year. And I want to offer that and um, just say thank you because I've gotten so many people listen and so many people say so many good things to me about this podcast. And it's just like my thank you of like, thank you for this good energy exchange. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you. Even if it's just you and your ears listening and you're like, I'm never going to buy a, a past life regression from that bitch. That is totally fine. I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> really, honestly, I love doing it. Um, so head over pastlivesandthedivine.com slash subscribe. Get on the email list. If you're listening to this and it is past October 31st of 2019, then head over there. Get on that email list anyways, because it's not going to be the last time I do this. Because I had this idea. I meditated on it. I opened that old third eye and I was like, got a bunch of downloads on how to do it. And I was like, this will be so much fun. And it's like such a cool energy exchange to hear about your experience listening to this podcast and then be able to give you this gift. So head over there. Oh my gosh. Okay. Here we go. That is our episode for today. We covered so much. And 
oh, I always think, oh, it's going to be a short episode today and it never is. <laughs> so thank you if you made it all the way here. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this was helpful and just as much, I hope it was entertaining. I hope you it was a nice little break in your day or a nice little boost while you were doing something, maybe a little mindless. Thank you for listening. As always, if you like this podcast, show me some support. You can give me a five-star review on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Honestly, I only listen to podcasts on Apple slash iTunes. So that that's my knowledge. So if you're over there, hit five stars. If you're not, if you don't want to give a review, if you don't want to give a five-star review, if you were listening to this today and thought, oh my gosh, my friend was just talking about this, or my brother, or my sister, or my mom, or my aunt, or my uncle, or whoever was just talking about this, share this episode with them. If you think they'll like it, that's another way that you can give your silent solidarity or silent support of this podcast, and I really appreciate that. So remember... Thank you for listening to this. And remember, remember that you are more powerful than you know. And I am so happy you were here. Open to the power of our past lives and all our eternal soul experiences while we walk this earth together on our each individual path. As always, take anything from this episode that makes you feel better and just leave the rest. See you next time.